It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the Here We Go Steelers show. No, I am not Brian Anthony Davis. I am the furthest thing from Brian Anthony Davis. I am Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network, filling in for Brian, who's out playing with sticks in the woods somewhere. But joining me is Kevin Smith. He's back in the saddle from a time off. What's up, KT? How's it going? Ah, doing great, man. You got you got some big shoes to fill today, Mr. Hartman. I do. Yeah, I do have big shoes to fill, and I'm, I'm happy to be here, happy to talk some Steelers football. You were out of the country. How was your trip? Oh my gosh, we were in uh, Italy, Austria, and Germany for about 11 to 11, 12 opportunity to, to do some things that I've just, I've never done before and see some amazing places. And so get a different perspective, different culture, different way of way of life. And uh, it was awesome. Good to be back though, too. I bet. I bet. That's awesome. Traveling abroad is always worthwhile. And you come back and you're getting ready for probably the high school season. What, where are you all with your uh, prep for this upcoming football season? We're rolling. We got a game in 50 days. We play, oh we play before the NFL plays. Jeez. So uh, it's crazy. I, I just, we've had mini camp and then they, they were off while I was away, but we got right back into it this week and sweating out there, man. It's a, it's a little bit of a heat wave, but it's just, it's a, on one hand, it's kind of a shame that they've pushed it the start of the season up so much because summertime now is it's football season. It's we practice all summer. So mm-hmm. I mean, I love it, but sometimes you feel like, okay, with the kids, man, you just want to give them a little time off. I get that. And I, I did see, uh, did you have some NFL players at your uh, at your facility recently? 
Yeah, we did. It was really cool. We had a chance to to uh, get some of our guys to work out with Trace McSorley, uh, quarter, former Penn State quarterback who's now with the Patriots, and Sean Clifford, who who was just drafted out of Penn State by Green Bay, and they were there uh, working with Tony Rassiopi, who is uh, who's Kenny Kenny Pickett's quarterback trainer, and he also he also trains Trace McSorley and. Great experience, man. Just just watching those guys work and how they how they prepare, and it's amazing how good they are. I, I was talking about that on the the uh, my call sheet podcast for FFSN this week. It's it's in, incredible. They are Trace McSorley is so accurate. Now, granted, you know they're throwing in shorts on air, but every ball is just like exactly where it needs to be. And and you think he's a fringe quarterback in the NFL, yeah. um, so it's easy for fans to, to just be, to say, Hey, this guy sucks. And that guy sucks. But when we re- when you really watch him work, you, you understand that these are the best in the world in their profession. And it was, it was a pleasure. And I know our kids got a lot out of it. That's awesome. And speaking of Kenny Pickett, yes, that's his quarterback coach. We have a lot to talk about as it pertains to Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers on this episode, we are going to talk about the keys to the Steelers success and how really Sometimes it can be boiled down to just some very simple statistics, some very simple areas. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about the offense. In the second half, we're going to dive into the defense. Coach, you wrote an article for the website this past week that kind of alluded to offensively where you see the Steelers, what they need to do, where they need to improve, mainly Kenny Pickett. Where are you looking in terms of what is the Steelers' key for success on the offensive side of the ball? Right. Uh, the biggest thing that I see with the Steelers is they just have to score more points. And I know that that sounds like, duh, that's not, it's <laughs> not yeah. a genius analysis right there. Oh, they got to go, they got to score more points. But, uh, but that's a little bit more nuanced than it sounds on the surface. The Steelers had a, a, a strange oddity statistically last year in that they finished sixth in the NFL in time of possession. And over the last nine weeks, they led the NFL in, time of possession per drive. And so you think, hey man, you got you're 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 holding the ball a long time. You're going to score a lot of points. But yet they finished 26th in the NFL in points per game and they scored just 18.1 points per game. So so they're moving the football, but they're not finishing drives. And one of the biggest reasons they're not finishing drives is that they're they're bogging down in the red zone. And so the statistic that I really focused on was very specific. It was Kenny Pickett's completion percentage inside the 10-yard line, which was at just 38%, which among 26 qualifying quarterbacks, meaning guys who had thrown at least 25 passes from inside the 10-yard line, he ranked 23rd. And then if you expand that out a little bit to include the red zone as a whole, he finished last among qualifying quarterbacks in the NFL in red zone completion percentage. And so I'm not putting it all on Kenny Pickett, but obviously, if the Steelers don't improve their passing game in the red zone, their ability to finish in the red zone, they were they were 22nd in the league in red zone touchdown percentage, which means they were able to run the ball fairly effectively there. But obviously, the the passing game in the red zone has to evolve, and so for me, that's a huge key to scoring more points. The difference between scoring field goals, kicking field goals, and scoring touchdowns in the NFL is often the difference between winning and losing games, especially when you consider the fact the Steelers, 11 of their 17 games were decided by a touchdown or less. So for me, when I look ahead to to this season, they got to find ways to do that. Finish drives, 
score touchdowns rather than kicking field goals. Well, man, those are really damning statistics and percentages. And you talk about rankings and as it pertains to Kenny Pickett's ranking before we, before we go ahead and before we look forward at 2023, what went wrong in 2022, in your opinion? You watched all the games. You saw it. Where did Kenny Pickett struggle when it came to throwing in the red zone, in your opinion? I, I, there's a lot of factors in play here. I mean, one of the biggest problems that limited their passing attack inside the red zone was because the Steelers were so hesitant to throw the ball over the middle of the field last year. There was there was a lot of we, – we've heard this several times. You know, Mike Tomlin – urged Matt Canada to be conservative, let the offense, don't turn it over, let the offense just kind of uh, play a certain way that will keep the Steelers in ball games, and then hopefully the defense can can make plays near the end to win games. That limited them in the red zone when the field is so compressed because it's hard to throw outside the numbers in the red zone. You just don't have enough vertical field to work with, and and defenses can really press you and and squat on certain routes. So when you look at the Steelers' red zone offense, so many of their throws were to the boundary. And those are just tough throws to compete, especially when defenses are in press coverage. So they're going to have to be able to attack the middle of the field more. Now, whether that was solely Tomlin's directive to Canada, whether that was Canada's unwillingness to take chances in the middle of the field, uh, you know, you think you think back to the uh, the the one Baltimore game, the first Baltimore game in Pittsburgh when Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback, and he threw through two just crushing red zone interceptions on balls down the middle of the field, and maybe that's why, maybe that's why the Steelers didn't attack the middle in the red zone because when they did, they didn't have have success. Uh, but they're going to have to get better at that because that's really where you can make a lot of money when you when you look at like some of the best red zone passing attacks. Uh, they take advantage of the middle of the field. They're able to move the safeties out of there with their formation or their motion or their play action, uh, and they and they target that area. So, so I think that's one thing. I think the other thing that's, that's real big is that Pickett uh, was just a little indecisive and a little slow to pull the trigger on, on at times. That he uh, he you know he's a rookie and he's learning on the fly, and defenses are disguising coverages and bringing pressure. And there were just times where you think, oh, if he throws that ball, ball a count earlier, then then that's a touchdown. But but it's out a half second late, and that's the difference in the red zone. So, so I think the combination of scheme with experience will lead to better red zone success this season. So, Nate, that kind of ties into what you were mentioning about this upcoming season. Let me ask you this question as it, and when you think about offensive approach, and this would definitely tie with Matt Canada, when it comes to red zone success in general, how important it is for you as a coach to be able to run the ball effectively in that area? It's, it, it's paramount, man. You, if you can't run the ball in that area and if teams know that you have to throw it, you're going to be in trouble. Cause again, you're working now with a really, really short condensed field. Everybody can squat on your short routes you know, the rule that defense defenses use in that area of the field is make the ball go over your head. So the safeties are really squatting aggressively at one to two yards deep in the end zone. They're not going to back up. They're not going to give you anything in front of them. And you got to be really accurate uh, in order to fit balls into those tiny little windows. And the Steelers did run the ball fairly effectively, but whenever they got behind the chains, they got in trouble. And here's another thing real quick. Um, the Steelers gave up three sacks 
with when they had the football inside the 10 yard line last year. Like they, that just can't happen. Like you can't take sacks when you have goal to go situations or when you're inside the 10. And and one of those was a pure blown uh, pass protection scheme where a linebacker came free. But another I think the other two were just, you know, Kenny Pickett trying to make plays and hanging on to the ball too long. And 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 now you go from first and goal at the nine to second and goal at the 16 or 17. And and that drives over. And so you, may, you hopefully have to say, hey, he's going to recognize this next next year. He's going to re- see his hot receiver or throw the ball away and, and give the Steelers a chance to finish the drive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're going to be able to run it fairly effectively. But if they find themselves in second and goal, the nine, and, they're, and they have to throw the ball, they have to come up with uh, solutions for that. And I, I'm, I'm an optimist always about, <laughs> about the Steelers, but I think they have those solutions. I really do. So the glue that keeps all this thing together is the offensive line. The Steelers have made some changes. Whether you look at Broderick Jones, first-round draft pick in 2023, you bring in Isaac Ciamalo, you improve your depth, I would say, with Nate Herbig. If Kevin Dotson's not starting, he's another proven depth piece on the interior. Have the Steelers done enough along the offensive line to be able to run or throw? You mentioned the blown assignment and a sack inside the 10. Can't have those, not with a young quarterback. Have they done enough with the offensive line, in your opinion? I, I, yeah, I, I love the changes that they've made up front. And I think that the combination of running the football well with the veteran experience will, will take care of maybe some of those, those issues we just talked about. A big thing, too, though, is going to be pocket movement. The Steelers did not move the pocket a lot last year. Uh, I think that you'll see that area of the offense grow. And by pocket movement, we mean you know play action, bootleg, getting picket out. It's really interesting when, when that one statistic I referenced earlier about his Pickett's completion percentage inside the 10 yard line. The there were there were five guys in the NFL who had a completion percentage of 60% or better from inside the 10. And all five of those guys were mobile. They were all guys that can move. It was it was Daniel Jones and it was uh Patrick Mahomes and it was Ryan Tannehill, Dak Prescott, uh, all guys that can get out on the edge. And Pickett's mobile like that. He's not yeah. what we would call a, a dual threat quarterback, but he's certainly mobile. And when you think about, for example, like the game-winning touchdown pass against the Ravens in week 16, uh, where he he evades pressure coming from his blind side, moves out of the pocket, makes a pinpoint throw, moving to his left to Najee Harris for the game-winning touchdown. The Steelers can do some of that stuff by design. They can design those things. And I think that they're going to have to because, again – it's tough throwing in that little area from inside the pocket. And if you can get outside where you're a threat to run it or throw it, you put defenses in a bind. So I'm really hoping that they'll evolve the offense in that regard. Okay. So let's put a bow on this first half. Let's put a bow on the offensive. And really the statistic was Kenny Pickett's lack of production and a really bad percentage down there inside the red zone, mainly inside the 10. If he were to take a jump, Let's talk about that overall completion percentage. Where would you like to see him after year two in that category with that statistic? Yeah, get him up near 50%. Okay. The, the the league average for that for throwing in that area of the field is just over 50%. The league average for throwing in the field in general is over 60%. So you so you can understand how how obviously it gets a lot tougher to throw in that area. But get him up around the league average. And I think you'll see significant improvement. And the reason I'm optimistic is because, A, I think that, the, that they'll loosen the reins on Pickett and they'll let him now work more of the field 
if not the entire field. Uh, B, I think that De- Deontay Johnson having no touchdowns is an anomaly. I, I think that it's inevitable that Deontay Johnson becomes more productive. I think George Pickens' route tree will grow because so much of what they did with Pickens was just outside the numbers, those fade balls, those 50-50 balls. And then you factor in uh, Darnell Washington, who, who the, the, at, at six seven, and the way he moves is a human mismatch. Uh, they have a lot of options. And I didn't even mention Allen Robinson, who seems yeah. to be developing a good good offseason chemistry with, with Kenny Pickett. So they got a lot of red zone threats, a lot of big guys. Robinson's 6'3", Washington 6'7", Pickens is 6'2", 6'3", Friermuth is 6'5". I mean, man, if this, if they can't figure out how to you know get some of those guys freed up, then Matt Cam's going to lose his job. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And you bring up Allen Robinson. Gosh, every time I see your buddy that you just had, uh, Tony, I can't say his last name. Uh, his quarterback. Yeah. There you go, Rassiope. Kenny Pickett's throwing to Allen Robinson. It's like, it's it, man, they're developing this rapport, and that's going to be important. You think he could be a bigger part of this offense than anyone's expecting? You know, it's interesting because I thought when they signed him that it was a, like a Patrick Peterson signing where he was he was going to be there to you know, kind of man a role, but more to be a mentor. But the more that I, I hear people talk about him, the more it seems like he's got a lot left in the tank and the Steelers have plans for him in the slot. I know that you, you look at you think back to how successful Juju Smith-Schuster was in the slot. It's great to have a big slot receiver. And uh, it certainly seems as though you know, he's going to be given the opportunity. So yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see what the offense can do. Cause there's a lot of potential. I hate that word, but there's a lot of potential that resides on that side of the football. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back after this break, we're going to dive into the defense, talk about what the keys to their success is and what that looks like. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The worst looking man you've ever seen. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back from the break. It's the Here We Go Steelers show. I'm Jeff Hartman filling in for Brian Davis with KT Smith. We're talking about keys to the Steelers' success in 2023. We dove headfirst into the offense in the first half. Now we're talking about the defense, Kevin. When you're looking at the defensive side of the football, a lot more veteran presence on that side compared to the offense but what do they need to improve upon to really see success this upcoming season? Right. Yeah. The defense is, is a unit right now that when, when you look at them, you think, all right, they have less question marks in my opinion than, than the offense. The offense has a ton of you you said it potential, but potential is, is not a, a proven thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think the Steelers are pretty sound on defense, maybe a little bit of question at inside linebacker. Um, they didn't have any glaring weaknesses from last year. I think the biggest question mark for the defense, and this is really not a sort of a, a performance or a statistic type thing, will be how they compensate for the loss of Terrell Edmonds, who who I think was a much more valuable player than a lot of people give him credit for. When you when you really break down Steelers film, you see that Terrell Edmonds did a lot of different things for the Steelers, and and Keanu Neal might be able to do some of that. And they may do some of that by uh, experimenting with different personnel packages. Um, but but because uh, Terrell Edmonds was so versatile, they were able then to employ Minka Fitzpatrick in, in a lot of different roles. And that led to tremendous success, especially from the turnover perspective, right? The Steelers led the NFL last year with 20 interceptions, tied actually with San Francisco for the lead with 20 interceptions. And, and a lot of that had to do with the way in which they were able to use Fitzpatrick. He was a menace back there, man. You'd watch him and you just, I, sometimes when I watch film, I try to think, uh, especially the Steelers defense, I try to think of it as from the perspective of an opposing quarterback. Like if I'm an opposing quarterback and I'm looking at the Steelers defense, right? What are they in? What are they doing? And where's Micah Fitzpatrick? And, and it's hard. It's hard because so many times, he starts in one area of the field only to wind up in someplace vastly different by the time the ball is in the air. And that's really tough on a quarterback. It reminds you a little bit of what, what they used to do with Troy Palomalo. Uh, and, and one of the reasons he could do that was because Terrell Edmonds did a lot of the so-called dirty work uh, that, that would gave Mika that freedom. So can they replace that with either Keanu Neal or with DeMonte Kazee, however they choose to use him with, with a nickel corner but they got to be able to continue to use Minka in that creative fashion. I think that'll be a huge uh, part of their productivity. It, it This is one of those like the chicken and egg debates, like pass rush, secondary. The secondary is almost, I mean, you just mentioned just the safeties. You talk about the cornerbacks and what that looks like now. I mean, talk about revamped. Only Levi Wallace remains from the the cornerbacks that were really predominant players last season you know no more arthur millette no more akella witherspoon cam sutton is gone it's going to take some time but is the magic elixir being able to just get after the quarterback don't give him time to throw the ball down the field tj watt you bring in golden in terms of getting after the quarterback is 
is it is that enough? Because really, we've seen the Steelers in the past, even in recent memory, 60 plus sack seasons, and they've still had issues in the back end. What are your thoughts as a coach as it pertains to kind of the the pass rush being the go to? But can you still cover in the back end? It's uh, <laughs> it certainly is nice to rush the passer yeah. because we do a lot of seven on seven uh, passing scrimmages and and you work, you know, work with other teams and there's no linemen there. And boy, do the quarterbacks look good. Right. You know, they <laughs> stand back there and they hold the ball for like six seconds, you know, and everybody has like routes that they put in just for seven on seven, because you know that if you put that route in in a game, you, you, your quarterback would get crushed. Uh, but then you're right. Then all of a sudden it goes live and, you, and you're like, man, that quarterback doesn't look like the kid I saw on seven on seven. <laughs> um, so football and shorts is way different. And you're right. The Steelers, I think, I think the Steelers, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I, I believe the Steelers have led or tied for the league lead in sacks every year since 2017. Um, and and that's just magnificent. But well, like, like you said, they haven't been a great pass defense in all those years. For me, the thing that's changed when I when I look at the Steelers, scheme the thing that's changed is the coverage disguise the Steelers used to be fairly static I mean they used to it, you you knew when it was cover three they were they gave you a pre-snap shell that looked a certain way and then post-snap that shell remained the same but they're almost never anymore in a static pre-snap shell they're never if they line up too high they're almost never playing straight cover two or if they line up in quarters with four guys across the field at, at about six to eight yards depth, they're always rotating, moving, uh, playing combo coverages. The Steelers play cover two on one side of the field and like a quarters look on the other side of the field. The point to all that is this. Not only is the pass rush there, like it's been now for, for a while, really since TJ Watt came on, you know, it was drafted. Um, but they're combining that now with, with some – some coverage disguises that are making quarterbacks hold the ball longer. It was one thing to get after the QB, but when the quarterback knew where the hole in the zone was going to be, he could get the ball out quickly. It's another thing for that quarterback to have to figure out in real time in a fluid situation while that pass rush is closing in. And I think that that's really what's helped the Steelers pass defense to improve. It's, it's just so interesting to me. And I want to ask you, because this is something, you know, Jeffrey Benedict, who does the cutting room floor podcast on the network, uh, he would always talk about how TJ Watt was a product of Keith Butler's genius pass rushing, how he would draw it up. It would set up TJ Watt for success. And that since he's gone, it hasn't been the same. Do you see that? Is that the same? Do, do you agree? Or do you think it's just more, well, TJ Watt's a freak of nature and he's going to go out there and he's going to win a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups when they're not throwing extra tight ends or running backs his way. Have you seen a difference between the Butler defense and the Terrell Austin defense as it pertains to how they draw up those pass rushes? Well, um, I, the one thing I have seen the difference in is how often uh, opposing offenses now are geared gearing their protection to TJ Watt. And that wasn't always the case early on. Um, it was last year's hard to evaluate, right? Because he yeah. was injured and, and you don't really know exactly how much that was an effect, but you go back two years and he, and he just about, did he, did he set the sack record? Or he tied the sack tied record? It, like, 22 tied and a it. half tied Michael yeah. Strahan. Right. And, and so obviously teams have taken a different approach towards TJ Watt. Um, I don't, Jeffrey would know better than I, I would uh, in terms of the difference between what Butler's doing versus 
versus Austin. And again, hard to evaluate. But I just know this, that if you if you leave him one on one and you're doing anything more than throwing quick, there, he's getting pressure. There's almost no one that locks him down for more than a couple reps at a time. One of the things that's so special about him and so great to watch is is how he adjusts in real time. Uh, to whomever he's rushing against. He figures out so quickly uh, what a defense is trying to do to him. And if you leave him one-on-one, he'll diagnose an offensive tackle strengths and weaknesses and liabilities. Uh, you, I see him sometimes, and I don't know if this is true, but I kind of, I believe it is just by observing. I see him sometimes where he'll set, he'll set that tackle up. He'll do a certain thing. And even if it, even if he understands, I'm not going to get to the quarterback on this particular play doing this. But I need to know how the offensive tackle is going to react when I do this. Let's say I want to speed rush him wide. And, and so he'll do that. And then he immediately diagnoses what his counter needs to be. And, uh, you know, when he uses it, man, it's rarely there, – there aren't too many tackles in the league that adjust. I don't, I don't know if I've ever watched the game where I was like, hey, that tackle just shut him down one-on-one. And, and, yeah. and that's how good he is. So, I mean, I'm a little more inclined to think that it's more T.J. Watt than it is the scheme. Uh, but I'm sure that there, that Keith Butler was smart enough to recognize the talent that he had and say, hey, man, I'm going to design stuff to free him up. Well, I want to talk about the player on the other side, and that's Alex Highsmith, coming off a 14-and-a-half sack season. Now, go back and look at the numbers. A lot of his production came when T.J. Watt was in the lineup. As a coach, you have this Alex Highsmith. At what point does he start to get more attention? And that's kind of what the Steelers want. If they can have two guys on the edge, think about the the great tandems of Steelers history, whether it's Lloyd and Green in the Blitzburg era, whether it was uh, Clark Hagen's made rest in peace with Joey Porter, or whether it was James Harrison and Lamar Woodley. They've always had the bookends. Has Highsmith lived up to that? And has he, coming off this season, is he going to gain more respect, which could obviously free up T.J. Watmore? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think Heisman's really good. He He's not there yet uh, in terms of his entire repertoire. So he's not on par with TJ Watt. Few people are. Uh, but I think one of the reasons that he struggled a little bit when Watt wasn't in the lineup was that when teams are able now to sort of kick their protection to him, give him that extra attention that Watt usually gets, he's he's not yet there to be able to to be as dominant as when he gets to go one-on-one. I mean, he's got two good, great moves. I mean, you re- you really don't need more than you got two great moves. You're going to be a good pass rusher. Um, he's got a great, a great uh, outside move. And then, and then his, his go-to is to club with the outside arm and rip across the defender's uh, face. And, and he's really good in that, in that sense. Uh, I, I think though that the more he stays in Pittsburgh, the more he studies TJ Watt, the more he learns, uh, the the more complete he'll be. He, you know, he seemed a little a little top heavy to me early in his career, and he feels like his hips have gotten a little more fluid, so that he's able now to sort of uh, to pivot and and uh, plant and move and rip inside with a little more suddenness. And that's a that's obviously a huge benefit for him. So I expect him to be better this year than he was last year. Now maybe the numbers won't prove it. Fourteen plus sacks obviously is a big number. And, you know, Watt's going to get in that neighborhood somewhere as well. Uh, but at the same time, it's not always it's not always the guy who who gets the sack, who gets the credit in Pittsburgh's uh, defense. You know, oftentimes it's the guy who creates the pressure that moves the quarterback into somebody else. And then that somebody else gets the sack. And I think Highsmith does a lot of that. He does a lot of forcing quarterbacks to move off their mark 
so that TJ Watt or Cam Hayward or somebody else yeah. can clean it up. What are your thoughts on the last question about the defense here? What are your, what's your thoughts on golden? You know, they had this, this pass rusher who, at least on paper, when you look at the statistics, no, the sack numbers weren't there last year, but he had double digit quarterback hits. He was getting to the quarterback. You mentioned just in your last sentence, how getting the quarterback off their spot. He seems to be able to do that still at this stage of his career. Is he someone that um, he's, he's an upgrade over Malik Reed. That doesn't take much, Jeez. but still, you really like this guys. If, if TJ Watts out of the, he, let's say he needs a break, you know, he's, he's been out there. It's a fourth quarter. He, if golden comes in, is he able to get the job done still? Or do you think there's still an issue with the outside linebacker depth? I love him in a limited role. When I, I did a film breakdown on him and when you looked at the games in which he had to play like 90% of the snaps, he was not as effective uh, because he doesn't have a huge repertoire. He's a, he's a, he's a strength guy. Like he wants to bull rush guys um and he's good man when he gets low and he gets his hands strong as heck man when he gets his hands on guys offensive tackles he drives them back but he doesn't have the quickness to be able to pair that with something else um and he wears down over a game where where he's got to play if he's if he's if he's on the field for 65 70 snaps he wears down uh but when he can play 30 snaps he's he's darn good uh and and i think hopefully watt and highsmith stay healthy and you can keep him in that role uh, and I, I don't think there'll be much drop off at all, especially with Highsmith, because he's a little bit more similar in terms of uh, his style of play. But if you got to go in to spell TJ Watt, man, I think that he's going to do a good job there because he's got enough left in the tank. And he's, he feels like a Pittsburgh Steeler player to me, man. He just got that toughness. And he, he seems to love being in Pittsburgh, the culture and all that. So you get guys that are all in. And I think that that's a, a big deal too. He, I think he's really going to embrace his role. You juxtapose that to the kind of the Melvin, Melvin Ingram thing a few years right. ago where he didn't buy in and now you had a problem. So I think he's the right guy for that particular role. I'm excited for the offense because of the youth and the, the potential that resides there. I'm really excited to see this defense get after the quarterback again. I want to see TJ Watts stay healthy. You talk about Golden and Highsmith. Let's not forget Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, this defense could get after the quarterback in a special way, and I'm excited for it. Now, typically you all in the Here We Go show end the show with your dude of the week. Um, I'm going to just throw it over to you and see if you have a dude of the week because I hey, I, that's not my shtick. That's you and Brian. So do you have a dude of the week this week? So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting, man. I, we, we try not to repeat guys yeah. uh, because, because, you know, you're always looking to, for, for somebody new. But uh, I saw a, an interview with Mike Tomlin on um, – it was just when I was flying on the plane, right? I mean, 10-hour plane ride home uh, from, from Germany back to the United States. And, you know, you're just you – know, scrolling through stuff and trying to keep yourself from going nuts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I watched, I watched um, Mike Tomlin on – um, with Ryan Clark on that podcast and man, ah, the pivot. In it. the pivot. yeah, 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 the pivot, right? And it movie. was so good. It was so just to listen to Mike Tom and tell stories and um and talk about culture and and talk about uh his his experiences and his background. And he and he was he was talking about growing up in Newport News and um and about you know it being tough there. And get and and getting into a little bit of you know some of the guys he's grown up with who uh, are in prison or, or working uh, on the shipyards and it reminded me of of that of that uh, camera shot of him from the Vegas game 
as that game's coming down to the wire and he's slapping five with guys and he's like, and he's, he's yelling, I could be wearing steel toe boots <laughs> on the shipyards and I'm doing this. And it was just so, it was just, he's a guy, man. If I were an NFL player, like I would, I would love to play for Mike Tomlin. He'd be a guy that I would just kind of like circle. And if I ever get a chance to be in Pittsburgh, I want to be in Pittsburgh and play for that guy. I just got excited watching that. So He's my dude of the week, man, because in, in this downtime when there's no real football, uh, Mike Tomlin keeps me kind of kind of fired up. Another one for you to check out if you're wanting to get your fix of Mike Tomlin and Coach T is when he went on Ben Roethlisberger's podcast. Uh, he was very open and honest there as well. Uh, talked about how he's a football junkie. Uh, just it's just great. It's good stuff. Good stuff as always. So, Kevin, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter? Because you do have a Twitter feed and your call sheet podcast. If you know what you're talking, well, tell them what you talked about this week, and then maybe what you have coming up in the few in the coming weeks. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at kt smith ffsn, uh, and and so yeah, a new episode of the call sheet came out today on ffsn. Find it on Spotify, and um, but we uh, yeah, we're talking today about. Um, well, what, you know, the first half of the show was just about uh, the the difference culturally uh, between Europe and the United States as far as their passion for soccer versus Americans' passion for football. Trying to take it, take the temperature of some people over there while we were there, and it was funny in Italy. You, the NFL doesn't exist in Italy. People <laughs> had zero interest whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't see a single NFL jersey. But man, you go to Germany and woo, they're NFL crazy over there. And that was really interesting. We just talked a little bit about cultural differences. And then the second half of the show talked about coming back and getting to, to see Trace McSorley and Sean Clifford work. And, and we talk about how hard it is to make it to the NFL, how talented you have to be. Uh, and, and really just, just the, uh, you know, the dedication that it takes. What's, what's it take to be an NFL player? And that was part of our, our second half of the show. Yeah, check that out on the FFSN NFL feed. All you have to do anywhere you get your podcast, search FFSN NFL. You'll see it, the FFSN logo with the NFL football right in the middle. You'll see the call sheet podcast, and that's a feed that's going to be growing uh, exponentially as the season approaches, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. Kevin, thank you very much for your time. Brian will be back next week. You two can do your normal thing, and I'll just stick to my morning shows, and I'll be fine. But, Kevin, thanks for your time. Yeah, man, and we made it through an entire show with no 1980s pop culture references. <laughs> so that's a first for us. Uh, that is a go. first. That is a first. Let me hit the music on the right time now. All right, we'll see you next week. Take it easy. <laughs>
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.